Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of MC Unpacked. Hello. I'm Megan. This is Carrie. Hey, hey, hey. Today we are talking all things parenting, from parenting yeah. babies to toddlers to the amazing teenagers. Yep. We're talking about how to talk to your kids about sex and dating and everything in between, how to raise perfect kids because all per <laughs> kids have the... No, listen, it's going to be great. Do not leave. Stay tuned. We'll be right here for another edition of MC, MC Unpacked. Unpacked. We are back. We're back. Back again. <laughs> and we are talking all things, 100%, all <laughs> things parenting and what does that look like and what are some components and ingredients for parenting. This is something that I think is going to be impactful for every I single so. human. Yeah. Absolutely. We, uh, you know, you may not be a parent yet, but you might be planning to have kids one day and maybe you're here and you have uh, young children or maybe elementary age children or teenagers. We're going to just talk about all or of the maybe things you're expecting or That's maybe right. whatever it is. It doesn't matter. I think it'll be beneficial. And what I'm really stoked about is we have coming up in just a few days, a parenting seminar that is free for the movement church. Now, if you're listening to this in a year, then yeah, it's not sorry. coming up in a few days. Already happens. October <laughs> 14th 2023 <laughs> a parenting conference that is for free just for you yeah. with our marriage coach Dr. Andy Yarbrough yeah. he wrote a book called values-based parenting right and if you want information you can text the word mom I figure we do mom oh, that's a good one because all kids call out for mom they never call out for dad true mom so text the word mom to 949-267-3242 right. if you're listening to this 267 Three, two, four, two. Don't interrupt me. Hang on. Text the word mom to 949-267-3242. I hope you got that. But you know, all of you can rewind and listen to that number We got to get there. So here we go. Uh, but listen, if you're listening to this when we release and you can come and join us for this parenting seminar, it is going to uh, change your world. It's It'd be, be awesome. awesome. So check that out. But let's dive in. Let's talk about some ingredients and some crucial components to parenting. We have two amazing kids, yeah. uh, two girls. We have a 19-year-old who is a sophomore at college at the time of this recording. Yeah. She is in Washington, D.C., away from her parents' heart. Uh. We miss her. And then we have a beautiful 14-year-old who's in uh, high school, a freshman, yeah, freshman in high school. And uh, so we do not have all this figured out. We don't have all the answers. We do have some pretty solid, awesome yeah. kids. But They're we've been getting cool. asked a lot of questions lately by younger parents specifically. Uh, like, uh, like, how did you do this? What what did you yeah. do to raise kids that wanted to actually hang out with you and they're not embarrassed by you? <laughs> how are you having conversations with your kids about dating and sex? Yeah, and, all and the things. How are you dealing with all of the craziness of our world today? Do you talk about that? And people have been asking us these questions over and over again. I think it's going to take a couple podcasts to actually answer a lot of the questions yeah. that have come in because there's a lot. And um, so I, I just think one of the things that has registered for us, whatever age your kids are, we're going to talk about some parenting tips. But um, I, I think for us, we've learned that if when you can... If I could make a complete sentence, it would be awesome. Uh, if you can start young with your kids and really be intentional and parent for the 16-year-old teenager you want to have, it will make the biggest difference in your world. And so if you're listening with young kids, I mean, take some notes. And if you're listening with teenagers, we're going to do everything we can to uh, Yeah, it's never too late to start, though. Yeah. It, is never, it doesn't matter how old your kids are. It doesn't matter if you are parents who have kids that have moved out. There are components that we're going to talk about today that I think will be really helpful in continuing on the role yeah. of that. And then if you have kids in your life, maybe you're a part of a church or church leadership, you can implement some of this stuff even with those totally. kids. And so again, we don't corner the market on truth. Um, we've raised one child to an adult, so I feel like it's a hall pass now. Any stupid choices she makes, it's her own fault. Yeah, that's true. We've got one that's just a We're few like years there. away. We don't know. We don't know what's <laughs> going to happen. I think she's going to make some great choices. Yeah. I believe great things for her future. But we wanted to kind of narrow this down. And, and, and I think one of the, the biggest and most important ingredients that, that goes into parenting, parenting is nurture. 
And uh, I know that might seem so simple for many. And this is primarily a maternal instinct. Yeah. Not always. I would say it comes natural it, to a lot of a lot of moms. Nurturing comes natural more so to women than men. That's a general statement. Very general. Don't email me. I don't care. Uh, but nurture is this idea of caring for and encouraging the growth and development in your child. And it is crucial to note that it's a, it's a maternal instinct in that nurturing is it requires patience yeah it definitely does it requires just kindness it requires compassion it requires being gentle and getting down on the same level as your kid yeah and and it's one of the most primary needs that every child has which i think can be hard to do as parents especially when you're parenting young kids and you're in the grind and you're just like tired and exhausted and they're testing your patience i i think that sometimes it, that can be challenging but it can also be hard to remember that it's our responsibility to nurture our children even as they come into uh yep. their own independence as teenagers like they still need to be cared for they still need kindness they still need the intentionality yeah, and nurture is required. The, the need for nurture never ends. No. It just changes with ages and phases. And uh, it is this in, it, it's this thing where you, you, you recognize I'm going to meet my child where they're at, and I'm going to have compassion for what they're walking through. Yeah. And I'm going to express that in a way that they realize it, they see it, and they feel yeah. it. And uh, you cannot have nurture without affection. That's true. Affection is a gentle touch. And it's, it is crucial. It's not, now, I know that maybe you have a child that may maybe on the spectrum, and so that t that touch might be a yeah, challenge. Yeah, sometimes that and, can be hard. And some kids don't respond the same, but that doesn't mean that there's not value in a touch to say, right. oh, man, that is, that's a rough day. I'm so sorry about that. Right. And uh, to bring them in for a hug, and not just a hug, but an embrace. And, uh, and that is something so pr crucial. It's interesting, in the, uh, in the 90s under, in Romania, under, I believe, uh, Ceausescu, Ceausescu, wow. I think that was his name. Uh, in the, in, I think he got removed in like 1989 and killed in the square, but I think that was his name. <laughs> okay. And my, our producers, uh, we have a producer who's actually Romanian and he did uh, confirm that. So fact check a word. Yes. Ceausescu. I said it right? Did I say it right? Let's okay. go. Well, they were hoping to boost the economy. And so they thought one natural way to do that would be to incentivize people having more children. And one of the ways they incentivized that is they, uh, they applied a higher tax on families who did not have kids. They praised and celebrated and paid families who did have kids. And so you had families that were having not just two, three, and four kids, but six, seven, eight, nine, ten children. Wow. But the economy didn't boost. That's not a, a healthy system for that process. Uh, and, and so as a result, you have these families who are, they had no money. And they can't raise wow. 10 kids. They didn't know what to do with them. And so they turned them back over to the state. And oh in fact, gosh. there were signs. I believe I've got, we have a, a live action fact checker in the room today. But they said the state can take care, better care of your children than you can. And so when, yeah. when Ceausescu, when he was so overthrown, good. he was actually killed in this, like, like people. Anyways, that's not important. <laughs> 170,000 children were in Romanian orphanages and they couldn't take care of that many kids. And what, what happened as a result is they, they grew, they, their most important years, fundamental years of their life, they weren't held and yeah. rocked and, and embraced. They weren't coddled and loved. There was no nurturing and no affection and it left a lasting scar on them that that literally for some it cannot be without this supernatural hand of yeah. god changed so my long and boring story is all to say that nurture is so important yeah. especially if you have younger kids but never stop nurturing never yeah. stop touching hugging even if they pull away you even pull if they act like close. they don't like it absolutely yeah you just push on through and i think it's important that you hear us talk about nurture as the the foundation here yeah. because at some point we'll probably make some jokes about uh gentle parenting we and, 100 percent uh, <laughs> because um we actually have raised children and um you so. say that because <laughs> there are some people who talk about gentle parenting that actually haven't they raised have like kids a two-year-old which yeah. is awesome they wrote a blog four years ago but they have a two-year-old kid which is so great congratulations and so 
really, really we awesome. We should have that individual on this podcast. We totally that should. would be freaking we totally awesome. Should. Moving on. But here's the thing about it is that nurture and gentleness and kindness and compassion actually really are so important. They are so valuable. Um, it, it really will change the atmosphere of your home. It will change your relationship with your child. And it's so important that your child, no matter what age they are, feels like you care about totally. them, that you're seeking to understand them, that you really care about what they're feeling and what they're walking through. I think that's a crucial part of parenting. And so I, I'm glad that we're starting here because at some point we'll probably uh, joke a little bit more. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I would say the the next ingredient, and, and you can take these out of place if you'd like to or yeah. out of order, it's irrelevant. But the next thing is your, your kids need instruction. And, and, and I know that sounds, these are things that, well, let me go back to nurture go because it. some moms may not naturally be nurturers. It might be the father who's the nurturer and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, it, this, it, and some people who are, are raising kids may be raising kids as a single parent and you don't have that in your, in that role right. in intrinsically in you that doesn't give us the, um, afford us the ability to not allow nurturing to be a part of our right. home. It, it, our, our, our kids need that. And yeah. so this is a muscle you need to develop. Yeah. And so if you're married and the husband's more nurturing than you, that's okay. But that doesn't mean you let him be the nurturer and you get to re be removed from that or vice versa. Right. Some guys, guys sometimes struggle with their own kids until they can actually talk back and have conversation <laughs> or play sports. And that's okay. You don't, don't feel guilty for yeah. that. That's just because you're a paternal in instinct. It, but it doesn't mean you have the right to not nurture at times because your kids need that from both of you as parents. And if you're a single parent, you need to work that muscle. So here's kind of a thought to think through is just choose one moment a day to show compassion and kindness to your child. So choose one moment each day. And that doesn't, not, a, I mean, try to be compassionate and kind as just a human, that's a good thing to great, do too, great point. but also Obviously, there are people, with intentionality. There are people who are listening that naturally nurture. You that naturally nurture the crap out of our kids. It drives me nuts. I don't need to tell you to nurture, but do you have to remind me to be kind? Yes. Yes, so you have to remind me. We'll get there later. You have to remind me to show some compassion. Yeah. Early on, there was a time when Brooklyn was crying because she had a bad day at school, and I ran in thinking, who am I beating up? What is happening? And she was just crying, and I don't know what was wrong, and she didn't know what was wrong, and I didn't know what to do, and I asked Megan, and she said, just hold her. Yeah, sometimes like, they just need a hug. Yeah, yeah. So you had to remind <laughs> me of that. So for those listening I know, I know, that I know. don't innately nurture, True. choose a moment of the day to show compassion and kindness to your child. But the next thing is instruction. The, our, our, we actually have to teach our children. And I, I just thought it was important that we specify yeah. This is not just age-specific life skills, right? Like potty training, right? Your or, ABCs, uh, yeah, ABCs <laughs> or colors and shapes. This is not just like do, weaning them off of uh, you know nursing or a bottle onto solid foods where they feed themselves or how to share. Those are things we teach, Those and are, they're important skills. <laughs> they are important skills, but they are barely scratched the surface yeah. of the role we play. One of the greatest things that we can do we can do is instruct our kids in good character. Yeah, definitely. Like godly character. Yeah. Like that, you're the greatest teacher for your child, no matter how old they are, even if they're a punk teenager who's giving you an attitude, God still puts you in their That's life. Right. And you still have time to instruct them in godly character. Instruct yeah. them with determination. Totally. Why is that so valuable? Well, I think it's important because I think we we live in a, a society where it's just so easy to just quit, right? Oh, man. And um, just if I don't like it, I quit. And and we don't have the luxury to always <laughs> quit things. And so I think teaching our kids how to follow through, how to be determined, how to go for something, even if it's hard, I think that's such a crucial characteristic. It's just the follow through side of it. And, and even with character, I think um, in developing those things in our kids, it's, it's something that we teach, which... I think of with our words, we teach with our words, we teach with instruction, but we also teach by modeling it ourselves, right? Great. So that's a huge But you part can't of limit it to modeling. No, definitely. You actually not. have to instruct. You have to instruct. You you need to be teaching your children on how they interact with and respond to authority. Right. Like you need to teach that. 
Some of you are raising demons who don't know how to respect authority in their life because they think they run the world, girls. Oh, wait, sorry. We'll or move maybe on. maybe you don't know they how to respect authority. They run the world, authority. and maybe you don't, but <laughs> you're raising little demons who are not going to know how to work in a workplace where they have a yeah. boss who decides whether or not they get a paycheck. And what I'm not suggesting is that all authority is right in right. everything they say. We teach our children the balance of that. We teach our children the difference between right and wrong so that if they're in an environment where they're being told to do something wrong, they know what to do, but you are responsible Silly. for teaching them that. You, you're responsible for teaching them how to have social interactions. Yeah. My, my daughter is dating a great young man at the time of this recording. I don't know if he's still alive now, but <laughs> oh, no, I'm kidding. And uh, one of the things that immediately I loved about him um, is the fact that he shakes my hand and he looks me in the eye Absolutely. when he's talking to me. It shows confidence. I don't care if he's terrified inside. He recognizes the value of having a conversation with an adult and what that looks like. Yeah. And can I just speak to that for yes, a minute? Because there was a, there was a time where we were youth pastors in a, in a different place and, um, we had an interaction with a parent, um, <laughs> Who, there was a time in a different place where well, we were youth pastors. <laughs> Why did you say in a, in a different place? A long time ago well, just, in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> just in case this individual happens upon our oh, okay. podcast. Okay, okay. I'm trying to okay, um, okay. protect okay. the Whisper innocent. Whisper their name to me so I know no what way. we're talking about. Um, but we had had an interaction interaction with their teenager, and um, in the conversation, we had asked the teenager, "Hey, look at me!" And um, the oh, parent yeah. was really ticked off at us. Oh. And we had this um, meeting where we sat down with them, and there were so many issues involved. But one of the things that she said was, "I never make my kids look anyone in the eye." And we were like, "What, what is wrong with you?" Yeah. <laughs> um, but but honestly, she had taught her kids that they didn't have to have any respect for authority; that they got. To to do what they wanted to do and how they and they got to respond to their feelings not to what was right yeah and um so i would just encourage you like social interaction is huge and teaching our kids how to interact with people and the reason we would look someone in the eye is because we value them, them it shows them the value yeah. and and no matter who the person is no matter how frustrating they might be to you they still deserve our honor yeah. like we they still deserve for us to treat them with with honor because they're a child of God and so it's so crucial as parents that we teach some of those life skills how to look someone in the eyes how to how to shake their hands how to have a conversation with someone yeah um, like when we 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 My whole point is the things that we've taught our kids is when, when you walk into a room, you greet people. Yeah. You acknowledge that they're alive and they're a human. I, we love, we talk about this all the time in Africa. We were just, uh, at the time of this recording, just got back a few days ago. And that's the Lion King song. The greeting that you, <laughs> geez, <laughs> Louise, the greeting, their hello is Salbona. And uh, Salbona means I see you, which you probably saw Avatar. They ripped it from the, from the reality, <laughs> but it means I see you. So if you don't say hi, it is implicitly rude because you're saying I don't see you as a person. Yeah. And so there's things like that that matter. Yeah. And, and teaching our children to honor and, and see the value in other people, regardless of their age, gender, race, ethnicity, background, is so important. Yeah. And, and it's important we instruct our, our kids on things like this. And with instruction, a key to remember as a parent, even when they're little, is to give the why behind the what. Um, I think that, that so often it's easy to say, put your phone down, look them in the eye. It's easy to give commands, but and we, and commands are good and sometimes they're necessary. It's important that our kids learn to respect authority in a way to where if I give a command like stop, they stop and they don't run in the street and get hit by a car. It's important that we do give commands, but it's also important that we instruct and give the why behind the what, that we yeah. help our kids understand why are we teaching you to put the phone down when someone walks in the room and to say hello to them. Why does that matter? I think that's a crucial part of instruction yeah your your kids need instruction on how to be a good friend yeah this uh world it like thrives off of drama 
Oh my uh, we goodness. don't do drama in our house, no. and it, it, we—I don't know how, what it's like to raise boys. Boys, I, I know what it's like to be a boy, <laughs> and you just like would hit each other, and then seven seconds later, you're best friends again. You're moved on, but, but girls, girls holy man, smokes, if you look the wrong way at someone, then life is over. Yeah. For eternity. That's been a statement in our house for as long as Life I can remember. Over? No, not that part. <laughs> is we don't, we don't do, do drama. drama. And uh, we've always used that as a launch pad into conversations because. So my point man. in all of that is that they're going to build relationships with other people who may not know how to be good friends. And it would be easy for us to go, Are you kidding me? Wadachada? <laughs> Oh my God, it would be easy to do that. But what we have to do is instruct our kids how to be good friends. And if they face drama, how we have to instruct our kids how to to navigate and handle drama. And I'm talking, we did this in kindergarten when that little punk kid Haley made fun of my daughter for wearing the wrong kind of ankle socks. And her socks were cool, by the way. We had to teach her how to have interactions. She needed instruction. We had conversations on what what is it's like to date. We yeah. had instructions on what boundaries are okay in with regards to their physical relationship in a dating relationship. We talked about kissing. My daughter's gonna love this. When my daughter and her current boyfriend first kissed, I was like, oh my gosh. And we like high-fived her. And my second question was, did you kiss open mouth? And she was like, oh my God, dad. (laughs) Well, I want to have that conversation with her. And we talked about that because we knew what the boundaries were. And she had that conversation with us. And here's what I want to tell you. Someone is teaching your kids. Somebody is. And you know, it's the same thing when your refrigerator breaks or something breaks down in your car. The first thing you do is you Google or YouTube it. And your kids are doing the same thing yeah. with YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, MySpace, and every not MySpace. MySpace. I, that doesn't exist. Yeah, it, I know, TikTok. but some of the listeners appreciate that. <laughs> they're they're Googling. They're yeah. they are they're YouTubing how to open mouth how to open mouth kiss. Oh gosh. They're that's YouTubing scary. what what is I don't know what the terms that kids use now. I don't In my <laughs> day it was what is dry humping. I don't know what it currently is. Wow, I don't, I don't know either. Old. You're looking at me like I should know. I don't. But I don't they're going to hear terms that are appropriate for the same concept and context in their generation, and they're YouTubing it. Yeah, that's they're true. They're Googling it. And, and that, so, that may feel uncomfortable to you as a parent. I guess right now we're kind of talking to parents of teens, but if you've got little kids, get ready. They grow up. Um, but we're talking about instruction, yeah. age-appropriate instruction. Age-appropriate yeah. instruction. I, I know that for some parents listening, you're probably like, oh my, oh my gosh, God. how do I even begin to do that? And I think this probably requires another podcast in and of itself, specifically sure. about how do we talk to our teenagers about sex? How do we talk yeah. to them about dating? How do we have conversations about boundaries? I think that might be a great one to do later great i love it but my point is someone's teaching them yeah in other words they're not not being taught they're hearing about oral sex intercourse and everything in between from their school friends and then they're embarrassed if they don't know so they go home and they use a device and they look it up so why in the world would you abdicate your role as a parent in your son or daughter's life to what the internet says right so have the conversation have the conversation not only did we have that conversation with our daughter i had that conversation with my daughter's boyfriend yeah and i let him know here's our boundaries and if you cross those boundaries i will cut off everything precious to you <laughs> with a hatchet that's very wow. dull and so i'm just saying you your role you're one of the most important things you can do is instruct your kids and recognize that they are being instructed so jump the gun and beat the internet to the punch so here's something a step you can take is you can you can list some character qualities that you value you can list and write down just sit down what are some character qualities that you value what are some 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 strengths that you have in you that maybe come natural to you but other people are always inspired by make a list of those things and then just start chipping away at teaching your child consistently for the duration of their life every opportunity you get absolutely i would say uh, 
another thing that you can do is just with the word of God, there's so much available to us that talks about character building. I mean, teaching your kids from a young age to memorize the fruit of the spirit. That's something we did starting in preschool. Yep. And still to this day, we recite through all of the different uh, memor things we've memorized. But the fruit of the spirit has always been one of them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And so you've got nine things right there that you can launch pad off of and have conversations about. You can talk about what does it look like to show love? What what does patience actually look like in real life? Um, what does self-control look like? And so these are things you can start when they're really little. I mean, teaching a child not to throw a toy at another kid's head, that's self-control, right? So you can teach them some, some character even at a young age, but then continue to build on it as they get older. And you know, one of the greatest assets that is in your arsenal it took it was probably three or four years in maybe even more than that into parenting that someone finally just unleashed this thing in me that was so helpful one of the greatest ways you can teach your kids is through apologizing to them when you behave poorly yeah that's one of the best that is things great. you can do is if you react out of anger or if you scream at them or if you make a poor decision that you go, hey, let's talk for a minute. This isn't something that we value as a family. And when I did that, it wasn't the best choice. It wasn't my best yes. It wasn't a wise decision. And I want to apologize for that. And I'm working to get better. And I want to tell you why it's important we don't make these choices. Yeah, that's great. It's one of the best things you can do. It teaches them humility Yeah. because they see that. Anytime you have to apologize for your behavior, it's humbling. And so to model that for your kids is amazing. But also they, get, they begin to learn through the fact that you recognize yep. what is good and what is not okay and what is healthy and what is not healthy. And so that's one of the best ways to instruct and to create conversation yeah, with your kids. Yeah, that's great. So we're talking about nurturing, we're talking about instruction, and this I think this next ingredient is crucial, and that's correction. Yeah. And uh, we, you, we, we, we have to talk <laughs> about this. A correction is a change that rectifies an error, wrecked them, darn near oh killed them, that rectifies an error or poor behavior. So to sit down and actually bring correction because your child has done something wrong or in error or in poor behavior or in defiance, and this is a crucial component yeah. to parenting. Yeah. Um, in fact, I believe correction is one of the greatest gifts that you can give your child. It is necessary. Um, and, and I, you know, I don't know, I want to, I don't want to speak on behalf of all of the bloggers and the writers who write with regards to gentle parenting. I'm sure that there are some things within that, that I would probably align with yeah. to a certain extent. There's some great things about redirecting and, um, and just making sure that you're, you're actually seeking to understand why your child yeah, is acting the way that they're acting. There's some really solid stuff there, but some of what's missing is the actual firm correction of this is wrong. Absolutely. And sometimes correction is like, oh, actually, no, when you're drawing an uppercase P, it doesn't look like that. Or this is, let me show you what. So sometimes correction isn't necessarily That's disciplinary, uh, but it's, it's not just saying, yeah, you can do it however you want to do it. No. I mean, our world kind of says that right now. Yeah. Do whatever you feel. Right. They say live <laughs> your truth, which is just absolute horse manure. So <laughs> there, there's, there's multiple scriptures that would also talk about the importance of correction, the importance of discipline. The scripture yeah. says the Lord loves those he disciplines. That's right. And so um, I think there's a couple components, ingredients to correction itself. And, and those are four specific things. One is to start with correction early. Yeah. I'm gonna we're gonna oh, go on a little bit more, sure. but start early. Don't wait, especially if it has to do with discipline. The younger you start that process, the healthier and stronger your child will become, and the less you'll have to deal with it as you get older. Yeah. And I know you think that I am wrong. Great. I'm just telling you, we've raised a couple kids. So uh, I, I'm telling you, start early. Next is be consistent. So some of you, if you're married, some of you, one of you is probably the merciful, compassionate one, 
And the other one's probably the stern, strict one. I'm the merciful, oh. compassionate one in our family. <laughs> of course. And Megan is like freaking mm-hmm. a Nazi Gestapo mm-hmm. agent over here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so you need you need some tension there that you manage, not a problem to solve. So the mercy motivated one, you're going to be tempted to be more compassionate yeah. and, oh let's not they had a bad day or justify their actions or you know she got her feelings hurt or oh he did this and no actually one of the most important things you can do is be consistent with correction we don't change the process this is what right is and this is what wrong is here's how we behave consistent correction so you start early yeah. and you're consistent sometimes consistency is based on alignment if you're married in your marriage so if you're disciplining or you're correcting uh problem you're correcting this you know scenario x by handling it through option b and i'm correcting scenario x through option c we're not aligned so we correct in the same way we discipline in the same way it comes from the same place. We say the same things. So even though I might be more of the disciplinarian in our home than Megan is, she's not saying your dad's going to get on to you. Right. I'm not saying your mom's going to be ticked. No, we make decisions for this or we don't behave this way in our home. So that's a good place to pause and just say. Collaborate and if, listen. Yeah. If you're parenting, um, if you are are married and you're parenting together, then it's really important that you have conversations and get on the same page about the values in your home, about what's important, about what you're focusing in on training your kids. Um, And it's important that you get on the same page because that consistency really matters. And listen, if if you're a single parent right now and you're like, oh my gosh, I just wish I had somebody to help me, make sure that the people that are in your world, the people that are babysitting, the people that are coming alongside of you to help you. Your mom or your dad who's in your life sure that they know these are the values that are important in our home and this is what we're doing to teach those values and make sure if you're a single parent that you get your butt in church consistently get your kid into movement kids or whatever the uh, the young kids program is at your church get your son or daughter into students i don't care if they don't like it you make them go and yeah, the reason it, that 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 kind of thing drives me crazy well i don't my kid no you don't you don't have a choice we go to church as a family it's what we do and you're going to church even if you have an attitude and sit in the back the entire time get your rear end into church and then you go secretly and you bribe the student leaders with everything they need to win over your child whatever it takes you think i'm silly but you come talk to me in a couple years and you're going to be devastated because of the hurt and pain your kids walking through and one of the things i'm going to look at you and say is man you should have had their rear end in church there's something about consistency of that so if you're a single parent even if you're not a single parent get your kids in church but yeah consistency matters like it does with everything consistency matters in eating healthy it matters in working out it matters in saving money it matters in how you budget your money right so consistency matters so early consistent it needs to be communicated so what is expected is communicated and not assumed yeah that's important because if you're ticked off at your kid for doing something and they didn't know they weren't supposed to do that the the issues with you so early consistent and communicate no we don't behave that way yeah no we don't talk that way to people oh no no when we're together at the dinner table we put our devices down oh no no tonight's family night we're gonna hang out oh no 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 in the morning you wake up and you give me a hug and you give me a kiss and you say i love you i don't care if you really love me or not <laughs> We're going to practice things until they become a reality Yeah. because our feelings follow our focus. So yeah. early, consistent, communicated, and explain that last one as I get another cola koi. Because I'm sweating. It's so hot in the studio. <laughs> early, consistent, communicated, and consequences. Um, this is where when we are correcting um, poor behavior, when we're correcting behavior that doesn't align with our values. And listen, this is, again, important for you to sit down and to identify what are our family values and can I just challenge you that those family values really need to line up with the word of God with biblical values because that is the key to a flourishing life and so when you have determined those things and you're bringing correction to behavior that doesn't line up with your values it's really important that there are consequences and the reason we can say that is because none of us learn anything if there's not 
a consequence. <laughs> it's the reason that we all know that we shouldn't speed when we're driving. It's the reason that every city that defunded the police is wishing is they had suffering never defunded right now. the police. That's right. Because there, there's consequences to our actions. There will be, as your child grows up and becomes an adult, there will be consequences for their behavior. If they mouth off to a boss because they don't know how to respect authority and they haven't learned that they, that, that they have a responsibility to honor the person who's in position of authority, if they haven't learned that because you haven't taught it, then they, they could lose their job. They could lose their job. They could end up in a really terrible situation. And so I'm just playing it forward here. So correction with consequences is so necessary. And, and the consequences can, can fit the situation that is happening, right? Yeah. And, um, yeah, we're advocates for spankings. Uh, we are not advocate for physical abuse. No. And, um, we started spanking our children early. Um, how both of our kids at nine months, uh, had behaved, they were defiant and ripped a pacifier out of or screamed it or at, out of the hands of Megan and yelled at her or screamed at Megan. And I just turned them over and I popped them on the bottom of the foot and I said, we don't behave that way in this household. And they went like, Wah! it didn't hurt them. You're fine. It was and just to get their attention. And some of you are like nine months, nine months olds don't know what they're doing. Hey, listen guys, rebellion is in the heart of every, every man. man. Every one of us, we're born with it. It's intrinsic to our nature. And so your child at nine months, at 12 months, that is screaming at you or hitting you in the face because they don't like what you told them to do, mm -mm. that's rebellion yeah. in the heart of man. Yeah, now we, we only would spank if it was defiant. Yeah. And defiance would be, there's a difference between if I tell my child, hey, I don't want you to run out into the street. There's cars uh, and you could really get injured. And three weeks later, they're playing tag in the front yard and one of them runs in the street in yeah, the midst of that. They're not being defiant. They're just not paying they attention. Just we still have consistent conversation with them. Hey, I told you we don't run in the street. And maybe some consequences. Perhaps. Yeah. Per, perhaps, yeah. but we're not getting the specificity yeah. of a hypothetical situation. <laughs> However, if I tell my child who's standing outside, don't go in the street and they look at me defiantly and step into the street, that's defiance. And that's the part that we would discipline. Yeah. So when we would discipline, I'm trying to go through this quick. Okay. When we would discipline, we would immediately send them to their room. So now we're calming down. So if we're ticked off because sometimes it's not cute and pretty. Yeah. Sometimes you're freaking angry and that is unhealthy to go in and discipline a child when you're in the fit of rage and yeah. anger. So their room or to a quiet or safe spot. Yep. Send them. They would go in their room and then usually we would, if we were both home, we'd talk or we'd shoot a text or a phone call. Hey, about the spanker because we're calming down. And then you're at the place where like, you don't want to do this anymore. And then we would go back into the room and we would ask these three questions. The three questions are, are really to help your child understand the heart motive here. So what did you do wrong? And then why was it wrong? And what are you going to do next time? And so when they're really little, you kind of have to fill in the blanks for them. What did you do wrong? We don't have to elaborate yeah. on that. Hey. And yeah. then we would spank them. And then we would leave the room. We'd spank them on the butt with a spoon or something, not with our hand. We would leave the room for a minute for every year of their age. And then we would come back into the room and we'd scoop them up in our lap and we would ask those three questions again and then we'd reaffirm them with, now listen, I love you and there's nothing that you can ever do that's gonna make me not love you. And we would hug and they would cry and sometimes we would cry. And we didn't have to do that very often because no. we did that early yeah. and consistently in their life and we brought consequences. Now that's age specific. And as they got older, we didn't we didn't discipline in the same way. Yeah, but didn't some have to. some of you have got a little teenager who is acting poorly, and you take away their Nintendo Switch for about thirty two seconds, and then they're back on it, and you're wondering why their behavior is continuing. Well, you're not consistent, and there's no real consequences. Yeah. So you need to be consistent. Now, some of you, you're like grounding them from their Nintendo Switch and seeing people for th 37 years. That's a little bit That's excessive. A little much. So you need to find the balance of that 
that where you go, okay, what is the consequence for this behavior? Yeah. And let me just come back to, you know, for us, when it came to defiance, we spanked. Um, that was a that was something for our family that we felt like aligned with the word of God. Yeah, and, I encourage that too. And we do encourage it. But for some of you listening, you're like, absolutely not. I've already decided we're not going to do that. Great. And that's great. You get to make that decision because God's entrusted you to raise and those kids. And you'll stand before Jesus accountable for yeah. how you raise your kids, not you, me. You absolutely will. But listen, I know you want to raise kids that you enjoy being around. I know you want to raise kids that are going to be successful in life, that are going to that are going to be great employees, that are going to be great business owners. I know you want to raise kids like that. And so it's really crucial that at an early age, you start young correcting and teaching values. And there has to be some form of consequence. And right. it does need to be firm and it does need to be strong. So if you don't line up with us, that's okay. If you don't align with us with regards to spanking, spanking then it needs to still be early, yeah. consistent, and there needs to be a consequence. Yeah. There needs to be a consequence where it, it it is it hurts them that they've made that poor choice. When you speed past a cop and you have to pay the oh, ticket, it hurts. there is a consequence, <laughs> and it makes you think about the way that you drive. Yeah. And, and so I will never cross a double yellow line on a street again because 12 years ago, uh, and in Laguna Hills, I did a U-turn across a double yellow line. The cop pulled me over and he said, in almost every country, a double yellow line means you can never cross it. <laughs> and my ticket cost $575. Yuck. I don't ever want to pay that ticket again yep. because that consequence sucked. Yeah. So don't, don't try to tell me the principle doesn't work. You don't have to align with us with regards to spanking, yeah. but you need something early, start early consistent, which means you consistently are on it. You don't change, you don't waver. And there is a consequence. And, and I'm just going to just add that the, the questions that we would ask, what did you do wrong? Why was it wrong? What are you going to do next time? Were opportunities for instruction. Yeah. They were opportunities for us to train up a child in the way they should go. And so we started at a really young age. But as they got a little bit older in elementary school, in junior high, and high school, it's, it's fostered. We weren't spanking our kids in junior no, high and high school. That's not what I'm talking about. Because we would have those conversations Absolutely. all the time. And so uh, as they got older, what it did is it set the, the precedence, it set a foundation that when we're bringing correction, we are going to have a conversation about this. We're going to have a conversation where we're going to teach you and instruct you. But as they start to get a little bit older, we would lean in and ask, ask questions like, okay, tell me what you were thinking. Tell me what's going on inside of your head. Tell me, tell me what you're feeling right now to where we got inquisitive and tried to understand what was going on with our kids because they they need to know that you care about them they need to know that you are you're trying to understand them but that doesn't mean you ever back off from the correction and the consequences yeah and we're hanging here because this is a big big portion of this yeah. remember we started with nurture <laughs> we started with affection we're hanging here because this matters and, and and i just recently had a friend over who has um children that are a little bit older than my our kids age and 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 he was with us and we were eating dinner all together my family and my daughter's boyfriend, and we're hanging out and we're laughing. And the next day he said, I love how your kids want to hang out with you. And, and even their boyfriend. And I loved how they wanted to talk and I enjoyed conversation. And I, and that, it filled my cup. Yeah. I don't care what my friend thinks. I care that that's a reality in my home. And, and so people would ask, how did you get that? I'm telling you right here. This is how. These are the ingredients <laughs> that contribute to that. Yeah. So, and we're laboring here because this is such a point of contention yeah. in our world today with younger parents. If you're Gen Xer, you probably need to gentle parent a little bit. <laughs> um, if you're the elder millennial, you're on the threshold. But you younger millennials and Gen Z, just this is a part you want to get. But there's some equations that matter. Okay, there are some equations that matter. Affirmation squared plus correction equals a well-rounded child. So you're saying like affirmation times two. Yep. <laughs> Just plus, for those of you yeah. that are not math people. I was hoping you're going to come in. Plus <laughs> correction equals a well-rounded child. Correction squared plus affirmation equals an insecure child. In other words, if you're putting more correction in than affirmation, you're actually gonna develop and raise a child who struggles with insecurities. Affirmation squared minus consistent discipline or just consistent correction or consequences equals a CEO child or a child <laughs> CEO. 
So if all you're doing is affirming and you're not consistently bringing correction or bringing correction that has consequences, then you're raising a child who thinks they're the boss of everything. Yeah. And that is a recipe for disaster. So make sure you're affirming more than correcting, yeah. but don't remove correction. Yeah. And, and I think some, some personalities just naturally struggle with this, right? Like um, when you just see everything through the lens of how it could be better, it's so easy to, to put that off on other people. I mean, we do that in our marriages. We do that with our children. It's just constantly seeing what needs to get better. And it's with great intention. Like I want to help you get better. But um, I think what Pastor Kerry is saying here is it's so crucial that we actually are intentional. If we're going to bring correction, we've got to be overly intentional with the amount of times that we bring affirmation, Mm -hmm. the things we're proud of, the things we love about them. Our kids need to hear that all the time. Yeah. 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 Our spouses do too. Yeah, that's right. Uh, We're gonna talk about affirmation at the very end. So, so some of the ingredients is nurture, instruction, correction. And another one that I think is so crucial as your children start to cross the threshold from elementary to junior high from junior high to high school, high school to college, those those pivotal phases where they're they're stepping out of pre-adolescence into adolescence, they're crossing that threshold mm-hmm. of puberty where they're becoming stepping into manhood or stepping into womanhood. This is where the role of parenting needs to start to pivot on the front end. So uh, birth through elementary ish, ad, you know, pre-adolescence nurture instruction affection correction correction always but those are <laughs> crucial components and then as they're getting older this next one is absolutely essential and that is preparation yeah. if you think about the current average life expectancy in the united states of america is 77.28 years 77 years yeah. which means wow. That if your child, well, let's just say they live to 80, you're going to have your child for only one-fourth of their life, give or take a year or two. Only one-fourth. So what you're doing as a parent, whether you're married or single, is you are preparing them for the portion of life where they're going to make the biggest decisions, where they're going to make the decisions that have the greatest consequences, both good and bad. You're preparing them for the phase of life when they choose a spouse or begin to raise children of their own or go into debt to buy a home, a mortgage that they're going to have for 30 years. (coughs) They're deciding what jobs they're going to take, which will impact their careers, the states that they live in. So what we're doing is actually preparing them for their future. Now, this is more intrinsically is more paternal than maternal. Now that's a general statement. Uh, yeah, don't email me, but it's pretty pretty generally true that guys, this is where your role comes in in such a crucial uh, part. Now, if you're a single mom and you're watching, I've already told you what part of the solution is. Number one, get your kids in church consistently. Number two, God's given you the tools that you need to raise great kids. So don't let this be a deterrent to you. Let it be an encouragement for you dads if you're listening to me and you have kids that have crossed that threshold of 12 13 years of age you cannot abdicate your role this is the time that you lean in listen to me it doesn't mean you get to abdicate in the first part of their life but this is where your role is absolutely significant in in bible times in a jewish home the role of the mom was most significant from birth until their bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah they're 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 crossing that threshold Mm -hmm. and then at that phase the 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 primary role of parenting was actually given to the father because the father was now preparing his son or his daughter for the future that they would step into and i want to just tell you this is the greatest thing that we can do and 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 i think what's important to note is is that Preparation is different than protection. Yeah, preparation is different than protection. I, it is our job as parents to protect our kids, um, to, to keep them safe from harm. It's our job. I mean, right now in the state of California, I think it's it's more crucial than ever that parents actually be leaning in and aware of what's being taught in our school system. 100%. There's some stuff that's happening in our school systems right now that I I wouldn't want to subject my children to because it's like, 
I want to protect them from being exposed to something too early in mm-hmm. their development. And so I, there, there is a job as a parent to protect our kids and to make sure that we're caring for them. But preparation is different than protection. You see, we cannot protect our kids from just every hard and difficult situation. And most of us as parents want to do that. We don't want our kids to experience pain. We don't want them to deal with anything that's uncomfortable. I mean, my God, you get a trophy just for participating in soccer leagues today, which is absolutely ridiculous. And I've talked to so many parents who are just struggling because their family is walking through a challenge and they are, they're feeling this heavy weight of shame and this heavy burden because they feel like they're not protecting their kids from the challenge from the hardship or or maybe your your child's walking through a relationship that's just been strained and broken and their their heart is breaking and you just want to get in there and and solve the problem and fix it so your child doesn't have to feel any kind of pain but that's actually not preparing them for the future so part of our job in protecting is preparing it's helping our kids learn what it looks like to deal with really difficult situations yeah that that uh trying to protect them from experience emotional issues or pain or the things that life throws at us we're actually hurting our children by not preparing them for future greater loss and yeah pain. i mean you know this right yeah. the longer you live the more pain you experience and with every passing year the pain you experience is greater than the pain you experienced the year before you know this yeah When you were 12 and 13, you were devastated because your friend couldn't come over and spend the night. Devastated. When you were 15 years old, you were devastated if the girl said no to you when you asked her out, will you go out with me, check yes or no. You were devastated. You know, you're devastated if you got a bad grade. And then now, as an adult, you're facing some financial crisis where maybe you're up to debt up to your eyeballs in debt and you're the job that you're working you just got let go of and you're like oh my gosh how am i going to put food on the table and take care how am i supposed to get my kid through college when i've got a mortgage that is climbing and the interest rates are nuts so the pain doesn't decrease with life it increases and so one of the roles that you have as a parent is not to force your child into pain no it's not to force them to experience rejection but it's to recognize the preparation yeah it's to instruct them yeah. through the pain. Absolutely. It's teaching them how to respond to pain. And hey, this is crucial as a parent that that you learn how to do this as well, because part of how we instruct is also what we model, right? When we're walking through challenging situations, how do we respond? And um, I, I think one of the moments that stands out to me the most is um, when Brooklyn, who's our oldest daughter, she was, oh my goodness. It doesn't matter. She was young and um, probably like 11. And um, Carrie's dad was really sick. And um, he was was really close to um, just, we didn't know how things were going to turn, but it looked like he was going to pass away. And Brooklyn was um, really emotional about it. And it broke my heart because I felt like as a young child, she shouldn't have to deal with all of the loss that she's Mm -hmm. had to navigate. And it broke my heart because there was nothing I could do to fix it. And we were praying for Carrie's dad and we were praying that God would do a miracle. And Brooklyn was praying. I mean, every Sunday in kids church, that was her prayer request was that God would heal granddaddy. And um, I would find her in a room at night in her bed crying. And that broke my heart. But what I learned was that I couldn't protect her from experiencing loss, but we had to teach her how to respond to it. Mm -hmm. And so when I'd find her in her room crying, often I'd find her with her worship music turned on really loud. And she was singing and she was worshiping because we, from a young age, had taught her when we don't know what to do, we go to God, we pray, we worship, we trust him. And, And so I would say, and I think she would say if she was standing, here that that's something that that she's learned is how to respond to loss in a in a challenging situation is to go to God to to lean in to worship to pray to seek his face and and that's something we can model and teach our kids yeah because that's not the last time she'll experience loss I mean just she goes to college and then a week later we had to put her dog down her beloved dog and that might seem silly but she knows how to navigate it and then one day she'll lose us yeah and there will be friends that she might lose or loved ones, other loved ones that she might lose. And so we can't protect her from pain, but we can prepare her. Mm-hmm. We can help her know how to walk through it. We can help her know what grief is. 
and and grief for those of you who walk through it like yeah. that it doesn't go away does it no ever you, you have to just stay by day step and walk through it you have to know how to deal with rejection what if yeah. you don't get the job that you want right i'm going to prepare her how to navigate that i've got to prepare her how to navigate disappointments right if you you know you, you don't get the house that you put the offer in because you got outbid by you know four other people you got to learn how to do that you hey guys you dads you have to prepare your children how to be responsible humans so your work ethic is great but don't leave it to your work ethic to teach them that yeah you teach you know what responsibility is it's very simple <laughs> it's doing what needs to be done when it needs to be done and not when i want to do it responsibility yeah. is doing what needs to be done when it needs to be done and not when i want to do it you know what that means that sucks <laughs> that means that tomorrow morning i gotta get up and i gotta go to work and it's what i'm gonna do but you get to teach your kids why that's valuable in fact you can tell them you don't ha you don't have to do this you get to this because you have a job because god's favors on your life and you're going to do great things so get up have a great attitude you teach your kids and prepare them for how to be amazing employees and i want to encourage you with one thing i think a lot of times this is something that i i, I feel often i won't say it that way i think this comes more naturally to dads but i want to encourage whether you're a mom or a dad listening don't answer every one of your kids' questions with simply the answer. Help them discover the answer. So when they come with you with how do I or can you or where is, then sit down and say, hey, what do you think would be the best thing to do here? How would you handle this? What steps would you take? What, what do you think is the best decision yeah, moving great. forward? You're preparing them to solve problems instead of solving the problem for them. It's one of the greatest things you can do. You only have them for a quarter of their life and then they're on their own. So value that, recognize yeah. that, and help prepare them. And can I say with that, if you're raising teenagers, um, they may be annoyed by that because they may just want you to solve their problem. Oh yeah. But I can also tell you that one of the things that your teenager is looking for is they're looking, um, they're looking for your trust. They're looking to know that you actually believe in them. And so when you start to lean in and say, well, what do you think? What do you think would be the right answer? And you start giving them some, um, just independence and answering right. those questions, it's going to empower them to be who God's called them to be. And so one of the things that I see sometimes in raising teenagers is parents in an attempt to um, overprotect go into this control mode where I'm going to make sure everything is good mm -hmm. and it's I'm going to tell and sometimes they really get the correction thing down but not not the preparation thing yeah. because it's like I'm going to tell you what to do when you can do it I'm going to have a whole list of rules because I'm going to protect you and I'm going to control you so that you don't experience anything bad and teenagers hate that because they're growing into becoming young adults and they're trying to find their own voice and so when you can actually prepare them in a way that 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 teaches them I I want to know what you think about that that I, I want to hear what you have to say about mm. that when you actually lean in and you give them some opportunities to exercise their voice it's actually such a value to raising a young that's adult. great i was just when you said that it just it hit me sometimes people are leveraging control to suffice their leveraging correction to to satisfy their control issues yeah and you have to be careful with that as your kids get older and older and uh in fact preparation correction really does shift towards preparation the older your kids get yeah and um, I think what's a great uh, way to phrase that is to talk through the lens of judgment and initiative. That's great. Judgment and initiative. So as you're bringing correction to a teenager uh, regarding a scenario, you know, fill in the hypothetical scenario <laughs> however you want, then you can bring correction to the initiative and you can praise the judgment or you can bring correction to the judgment and praise the initiative. In other words, hey, I love the fact that you took action and you decided this was a good decision to make. That I love the initiative that you showed there. The decision you made wasn't the best, <laughs> so your judgment wasn't the best, and let me tell you why. So what you're doing is you're preparing them. You're, you're not shutting down the fact that they part of what they did was right, but right. part of it was wrong, and so that's a great lens to look at that through, but just remember, you're preparing them for their future. And as they get older, you have to solve less and less of their problems and empower them to make more and more decisions. And here's the scary part. 
that means you're empowering them to suffer more and more of the consequences. Yeah. So as uh, with my daughter, even to this day, I'll just tell her, hey, don't make stupid choices when you're with your boyfriend. She's she's 19. I mean, they, they, she was up at school in Malibu and he would drive up to see her and I'd be like, hey, don't make stupid choices. Five minutes of passion can really train wreck your life. So that's just some bringing some instruction because if they made some stupid choices and it altered things for them, you know who has to really deal with the consequences? They do. So I'm, I'm preparing them by saying, hey, there's a good way to go. There's a path that actually is going to lead to life and there's a path that leads to destruction but you've got to choose that now. So yeah. you got to have wisdom and discretion. My kid was 18 when I was saying those things to her, but preparation, preparation, preparation. Yeah. Last thing, we got to go. I think we've been going for a while now, but uh, I forgot to bring my, my countdown timer, oh. but it's okay. If, if you don't like what you're hearing, you've already tuned out anyway. So if you're still <laughs> listening, you're our loyal peeps Yay. and we love you. So we talked about nurture. We've talked about instruction. We've talked about correction. We've talked about preparation. And last, I think this is, it's, the piece de resistance it's, it's the most important facet of all of this and that is affirmation that you as a parent the greatest yeah. thing you can do is affirmation as to affirm your child and affirmation is the action keyword action or process of affirming and valuing your child and i think if you can create in your home a place of affirmation you're gonna really raise some amazingly healthy yeah. kids. Now that doesn't mean it's there's no correction. Right. It just means that I'm choosing to affirm. And yeah. I, I go, go ahead. And not just and and not just affirming the things that they do. Right. Not just affirming their behavior, but but also affirming who they are. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, totally. Um, I I was just gonna say that some people struggle with this. Some oh. people are natural born at, uh, people who affirm. Yeah. But I think if if you're here and you're an, if you're watching or tuned in and you're an internal processor, then you need to actually say it out loud, because as an internal processor, a lot of times you'll think it. Yeah. But they That's didn't true. hear it. So thinking doesn't count. Yeah. So you need to actually say it out loud That's good. from your lips to their ears. They hear you say those things. And if you're a critic, like maybe you're kind of you're kind of hypercritical internally, of course. Maybe you kind of lean towards the seat of judgment or maybe have a tendency to be a little cynical, then, then perfection is not the prerequisite. So in other words, stop waiting for them to be perfect in everything because they pissed you off yesterday by saying this. There's no way I'm going to affirm them today. Nope, 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 nope. Perfection is not the prerequisite. Affirm them yeah. today. Yeah. And if you're naturally encouraging, like that's just naturally a gift to you, then 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 for you, find specifics. Like find something specific. Because sometimes people who are naturally, oh, They're great like, job, awesome, awesome. way job. to go, great job. Then when for the person who's hearing that, it, it tends to come across as like a, a, a normal platitude. And so when you find specifics, it, it penetrates and it's like, oh, that really meant a lot to me. Our daughter, Avery, she's words of affirmation yeah. and physical touch all day long. And she'll come home from volleyball practice and I go, how was your day? It was great. I did really good. How do you know? My coach told me. So her day was great <laughs> because her coach told her. You know what? I love that. I love that she's being championed, right? And so listen, if if there's other people who are going to champion my kid, you know who I want to be the loudest yeah. male voice in her life? This dude, I want her to hear me say, I love you so much and hug her so much and tell her how beautiful and confident she is. So when that jack wagon knucklehead <laughs> wants to date her, that she's already filled up and she's not desperate for yeah. affirmation. Yeah. You're going to say something about about like how and what affirmation can and should look like. Well, yeah. I mean, I think affirming the things that you see them doing great is awesome, right? Like affirming behavior that you love is one way to get it repeated. Yeah. So affirmation. What gets rewarded yeah. gets repeated for sure. <laughs> so definitely we affirm those things, but it's also just crucial to affirm the, the inside, the, the character qualities that you see inside your kids that you love. And all of our kids are wired differently. All of them have specific gifts that are unique to them. And so find what those things are and champion them in your kid. I remember when Avery was young, um, we used to call her our compassionate warrior mm -hmm. because she was always 
And it was our way of reframing, getting her in drama, involved in drama as well, because she was always so compassionate towards people, she would get sucked into, into drama. drama. And so we were like, we love how compassionate you are, but we'd coach her on the other side of not doing drama. But she was, she also had this fight in her where she was going to stand up for her friends. She was going to stand up for what was right. And so we would call her our compassionate warrior because she was going to fight for her friends and she was going to love everybody with all kinds of compassion. And she's still that way today. But we saw that in her so we just spoke that into her and I would just encourage you what do you see in your kids what are the things Great. they're naturally good at you know maybe they maybe they are really good at details and they need everything to be in order all the time and it drives you crazy because they can't function unless everything is in its place and maybe that drives you crazy but you could affirm that gift in them I love how organized you are I love how detailed you are the way your mind works works it amazes me there's so many things about who our kids are that we can affirm and it can have to do with character it can have to do with those intrinsic gifts and abilities but it, you you want to you want to affirm qualities and strengths above accomplishments yeah. so if you're only uh, affirming your child and you're saying way to get all a's what you're doing is you're affirming something that they accomplished and, and that is fine, but it actually can become damaging because then a child can develop this concept or idea subconsciously that I get affirmation when I do good That's things. True. And the shadow side of that is, is a breeding ground for shame yeah. and guilt. Because then if I'm not doing good things, I'm not being affirmed, therefore my value isn't the same. Right. But when my child gets A's, all A's, or mostly A's, or if you're like me and they went from D's to C's, regardless of what it is, what you can do is, you know what, I love the determination in you. Yeah. I love that you, you made yourself sit down and focus and learn. And I love that you accomplished something yeah. by growing because you chose to put in the work. You chose to do the things that other people didn't want to do. And that's what I, you have a fight in you. Yeah. You can fight. Right. And if you can accomplish this today, there's nothing that can get in your way. So you affirm the qualities and the strengths above the accomplishments. It doesn't yeah, mean you can't great. affirm gr no, getting can. all A's and high-fiving that, but affirm those qualities and the strengths that got them there, and it'll go so much yeah. further than you could possibly imagine. In fact, one of the things we love to do is say, man, I, I admire this about you. You know what I love about you? I admire, I, that's something I need some more of, is you, the way that you see people, it's so beautiful. You know what, I love the way that you, so that just lets them, it, it kind of yeah. creates a sense of, oh, this is a good thing. And I just think one of the things I want to tell you is say I love you every day, all day. Absolutely. Say I love you. I love you. One of the things we love to tell our kids is, man, you make me proud to be a dad. Yeah. You make, hey, you make me proud to be a dad. And my, my daughter, Avery, will say every time, you make me proud to be your daughter. I'm like, yes, I do. So we high five <laughs> each other. But in other words, you're, you're telling them that I am proud because of who you are. And, uh, and, and make sure the words, I love you, are heard. Yeah. There's nothing more important than those words being spoken to your kids. And it will, it'll, it'll do something in the framework of their mind. Yeah. You have to remember that the way that you are parenting your kids in their minds is a reflection or will be a reflection of God's love for them. Right. Now, they got to navigate through some of their own things. Yeah. They're going to have to go through therapy and you're not God. And they'll <laughs> navigate that as they get older. But the more that they hear you say, I love you, the more it will reaffirm yeah. the things that God thinks about them and God speaks about them. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, you can do this. God gave you your child for a reason because he trusted you to raise them. And totally. so you were made for this. Yeah. So just know that when you start feeling like, I don't know what to do when you're in over your head, which every single one of us as oh, parents, yeah. we find ourselves there at some point probably multiple times. So when you start feeling like I'm not the right person for the job, let me just remind you, you are the right person right. for the job. God gave you that child for a reason. You were made for this. And so God's going to give you the wisdom to be the parent that he created you to be. Um, lean in. Don't be afraid to ask for help. 
like Pastor Kerry said, get yourself to church. There's no better place you can be to raise up a child in the way they should go. Um, so do those things and and just know you were made for this. That's good. And then I would also just encourage you, hey, if you have questions or there's things we haven't talked about yet, drop them in the comments. Let us know because we'll have more conversations. I think we'll have a conversation soon about parenting teens and talking about dating Sounds and good. sex and things like that. Um, but if you have more questions or you want us to hit uh, just a little bit more in detail on a specific topic, let us know. We'd love to talk about it and uh, we'll do that. That's it. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of MC Unpacked. We'll see you next time.